Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. Hey everybody, Jason Sherman here. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I have with me entrepreneur Chris Mirabili. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason. And today we're going to talk about the secrets to a long and healthy life. Uh, it seems as if all the Hollywood actors already have a leg up on this, right? Um, they seem to be getting young, younger as they get older, so they must have some secrets. Uh, maybe you can tell us about some of those. Um, but before we do that, I, I want to hear, because you, you survived a brain tumor. I mean, people call me a hypochondriac sometimes. I'm like, I have a brain tumor. But um, what's it like surviving one? It's not a tumor. Do you know that scene? For <laughs> Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's not a tumor. Um, what, what's it like? Wow. Well, I was a teenager when it happened. I, um, I was very athletic into health. I was reading men's health magazine since I was 12. I was weightlifting in the gym. I was eating a healthy diet. So by most conventional standards, I was healthier than my peers. And so, it was that much of a surprise to me when I woke up with blood on my shirt in New York City on a school trip because I had had a seizure and severed my tongue. And next thing I knew, I was being rushed in an ambulance to the hospital to get CAT scans and MRIs, only to find out that I had, as the doctor put it, a large mass in my temporal lobe, <sighs> uh, which uh, was larger than a golf ball. Um it was a very, very tough Jesus. experience for uh, myself and my parents, especially my mother and father. And, um, uh, but fortunately, I, I lived to tell the story. So uh, you're, you're one of the lucky success- ones. Yeah, it was successfully removed, uh, but it was a transformative experience in all senses. From you know the ways I would spend my time, going from playing football to writing poetry to contemplating mortality and questions that. Um, you know, people who I know who have, have passed from cancer were asking themselves in their 60s and 70s. I was asking when I was 16 years old. So it only, so, I so guess, you, makes sense what yeah, I'm into I was, now. I was going to say you kind of had, I wouldn't say an advantage, but you kind of got a glimpse of what people face when their mortality is getting closer. Uh, people in nursing homes, for example. I mean, it's almost like your life hasn't really begun yet, but you think to yourself, what should I be doing with my life that actually has meaning behind it uh, versus all the trivialities that people worry about in their daily lives? So this led you to start a company that uh, helps with aging. And, I, and I'm really curious about this. I know you mentioned David Sinclair in some of your notes, and um, I've listened to him a, a million times, and he he has a lot of great ideas. I fo- I'm like you. I follow a lot of the healthy uh, methods that, you know, intermittent fasting and eating plant-based and things like that exercise. I'd like to hear from you um, for our listeners and people watching, what are the top three things people can do in general to lead a healthy life? It's a great question. And before I even answer that, I, I do want to say that David Sinclair is is a very public figure in the longevity space. He is one of hundreds and you would even say thousands of scientists in this field and so there are a lot more perspectives in the longevity field he is but one and so there's a lot of information out there and we as a company 
we we work with many scientists, like on our scientific advisory board, we've got six scientists from Harvard, MIT, and the Salk Institute, getting a diversity of, of perspectives and knowledge bases or knowledge sets. And uh, we then try to synergize um, all of that into uh, the most effective, powerful ways to to slow down um, the aging wow. process. So to your question, uh, you know, there, there's there's many different perspectives on what would be the most effective. And, and the truth is that science has not done a head to head comparison of every type of method out there to be able to say, well, perfecting your sleep is going to improve your age by this much more than improving your diet and so on. And of course, it's going to be so individual. So you really have to reflect on yourself and try to understand where your weaknesses are. But the things I would say to focus on, one is when it comes to diet, you want to ideally eat a little bit less than what you're craving. So you want to be a little bit hypocaloric below what your metabolism is requiring every so often to go above it that's fine but generally speaking try to be below it Uh, the foods that you do eat you want them to be all natural things that we find in nature not that are put into wrappers and processed in factories and of those foods ideally a large portion of it at least by volume not necessarily by calories but by volume should be plants There's tons of antioxidants, vitamins, minerals in them that you need to get through through these foods or supplement with. Um, And then when it comes to protein, get a modest amount. Don't overdo the protein. If you have too much protein, you overstimulate this biological pathway known as mTOR, which is the growth pathway. And we're chronically in this growth pathway. And that actually leads to health issues uh, which we can discuss more when Too it comes protein, to topics right. like like fasting yeah everyone always yeah. asks me like being vegan i mean i'm not 100 percent vegan but being vegan will say how do you get your protein and i'm like nuts and avocado and you know vegetables and peanut butter and all sorts of things that have protein in them you know and and people are like oh okay i, I guess i didn't realize that all had protein in it i'm like beans have tons of protein <laughs> and, you beans know, do have protein yeah and i eat those all the time so yeah so I, I like that what are the other two things people should be doing so what i would suggest as if, if you are a vegan is that uh and if you are strictly vegan and you won't add any say seafood to your diet which you know pescatarian i would argue would be a little bit healthier than pure vegan uh, if you don't want to go to that point for whatever reason you can supplement with protein powders, vegan protein powders that are, are, are created in such a way that they have a diverse range of amino acids so that they are more similar to meat based, um, proteins, which meat based proteins tend to be better for you, um, in terms of the uh, ability to maintain and grow muscle and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, something that's a combination of say pea and hemp protein. Um, stuff like that is a really I, good I way to, to get that level up. Yeah, Great. I do use those, and I do eat seafood as well. That's why I said I wasn't really pure vegan. I just don't okay. eat it. I just don't eat it often. That's the okay. that's my that's my trade off. Right. And, right. And, the, and the last piece. Uh, well, so what I would say with, within within that idea of uh, of diet, uh, that same concept uh, is is to consider things like fasting and. Right. Um, and, and time restricted feeding. So time restricted feeding being maybe you only eat for six hours out of every 24 hours or eight hours out of every 24 hours. At the very least, you don't want to eat for more than 12 hours out of the day. Mm-hmm. That's where things start to go really bad. Uh, the smaller the window you can have, like maybe eat 
starting at 12 noon for lunch and then finish at 7 p.m. for dinner, that's great. Um, and, and then fasting, if you're able to go without food for say 24 hours every once in a while, um, assuming you have adequate body weight and you have no medical conditions, it's a, it's a healthy practice to try to do that fasting. The second thing I'd say is sleep. Sleep is really neglected in, in modern society. We're always about experiencing, about working, about doing things, about watching TV late at night on the couch, whatever it may be. And that is actually detrimental to your health. You want to have a consistent bedtime within about an hour to 90 minutes of, of uh, the standard every night. If you, if you stray from that once in a while for the weekends, fine. But, you know, say six out of every seven nights, you should be within that 60 to 90 minute range. And then you should make sure that you're getting high quality sleep. That you're not waking up, tossing and turning in the middle of the night. If you are, it's because there's something going on that's causing that. And you should look to what the causes might be. We can talk about those if you care to. Uh, and then make sure that you're getting that full seven to nine hours of sleep. Not seven to nine hours in bed, but actual sleep. Sleep. Uh, so I'd say that's the second most important. And that's correlated with things like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease. Um, now heart disease has been discovered to be uh, strongly impacted by poor sleep. So we're only, I think, touching like the surface of what we will learn sleep is capable of preventing for our health. And um, I think it's it's too often neglected. And the third thing I would say is supplementation. Now, this is a controversial topic for many people. You have medical doctors who say if you supplement, you're creating expensive urine. Uh, there's no need to supplement. Uh, but but I personally, many scientists and we as a company disagree with that for a number of reasons. One is that uh, it's very difficult to get an adequate amount of vitamins and nutrients, minerals from our natural food supply, whether that be because of factory farming where we're stripping the the soil of the nutrients so that broccoli doesn't have nearly as many vitamins as it did four decades ago, or if it's because of you aging. So as you get older, your microbiome is less capable of, of uh, absorbing the nutrients in your food as it is when you're younger. So when you're older, you need that much more and you're probably already deficient in your diet. And the third is that evolutionarily speaking, we're not perfect at at um at getting the adequate nutrient levels from our foods um and and part of the reason for that is that like throughout evolution we weren't living into our 80s 90s and hundreds this is recent because we were of dying antibiotics when we were 30 or 40 <laughs> exactly so so antibiotics and uh, sewage systems and so on have have added dozens of years to our lives and uh, so we're now we're now dealing with a whole new set of circumstances than we were a hundred years ago, and, and we need more, to account for that. It's more convenient too. I mean, back then you had to like physically farm your food, or you had to like trade barter with someone to get the eggs for the cheese or whatever. You know, you had to barter, and now you can just go on your phone and order groceries to your door. But also you mentioned about uh, nutrients not being in food as much as it used to be because of being stripped and whatnot. But there's also the, the, the elephant in the room, which is the world. And, and you said this earlier, you said stop eating processed foods that are in wrappers, but people don't stop doing that because it's convenient. And although I do tend 
to cook raw material, raw foods at least three, four days out of the week, I'm guilty of eating Amy's organics, you know, or, um, you know, ordering out something that I consider healthy or like sushi or something once in a while, um, because I can't cook every yeah. single day. So, um, it's, I just can't, I do the meal prep and all that. So what do you say to people who, um, just maybe they don't have the time. They say they don't have the time to consistently eat raw, unprocessed food, gather the food, buy the food, chop the food, clean the food, prepare the food. Like what do, what do they do? It's a great question. Uh, there, there's a number of things that could be done. One is that whatever it is that you're ordering, uh, make sure again that the foundation of that, that food has vegetables in it. Even if you're going to eat a subpar meal, uh, if you're going from having, for example, uh, beef with rice, next time have like 50% of that rice replaced with broccoli, let's say, right? right? Like that is a huge step forward. It really depends on how healthy or unhealthy you are, but start moving in that healthier direction. The next thing I would say is that the timing is really important. So there was a study done where they looked at um, uh, individuals who are having the same meals, the same you know, calorie levels, the same components of those meals, but just eating them at different times a day and for different durations throughout the, the mm. course of the day. So in other words, what I said before about right. trying to have that a smaller window. eating window and people with smaller in- eating windows, especially if they tended to be earlier in the day, had better metabolic outcomes than those who had longer eating windows and those that are shifted more towards late night. So, well, that's good to hear. At the I, least, I, yeah, I have my dinner start. at 4 p.m. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, so, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah I, do, I do my, my steel cut oats at 9 a.m., a small lunch and coffee between 12 and 1, and then 4 p.m. to 5 is my dinner, and then no more food till 9 a.m. again. And I do that every that's day. Fantastic. It, it bothers, to me, it's fantastic, but to people, it bothers them because I don't normally go out to eat late and, you know, I hear a lot of complaints about that. So then sometimes I do, you said once in a while, it's okay to kind of venture out of your window. So is it okay to like, not cheat, but is it okay to like sometimes get out of your routine to be social? Sure. I mean, with all of that said, like we have to enjoy our lives, right? And so, um, and, and there is even a health value to enjoying your life, right? So when you look at longevity research, it goes well beyond just diet and supplements and exercise. It also goes into areas like um, community, uh, social support, relationships, and so on. So, for example, people that have, I believe the number is three close friends. Um, and, and, and when I say close, it, it comes with the caveat that these are positive relationships. They're not draining toxic relationships. But three close friends, positive relationships have much lower mortality rates. They have longer lifespans simply because of that support network and, and what that can do for you psychologically. There's psychosomatic effects. Um, you think negatively, you have tons of stress in your life that manifests. It's, this isn't superstition. It's, it's literal and it's proven in science that that negative stressful thinking manifests in the form of biochemical changes in our body that can induce inflammation, for example, right? right. Or in, in, in this field, inflammaging, as it's called, which is yes. chronic low grade stress, uh, inflammation on the body. So those relationships are important. And if you need to, you know, eat at seven or 8 PM for dinner to be able to have that relationship, then I would say, don't think twice about it. You should right. still be doing that. It's about the routine for 
80% of the days, not for 100% of those days. Perfect. And I, I could talk to you about this for hours, but we're out of time. So let's, let's let, let everybody know where they can find out more about what you do and um, your website, your socials, anything that you want to tell people. Sure. So the company is NovosLabs.com. We're also on social as Novos Labs on all of the channels. Um, we are a company. We're a public benefit corporation. We're a platform for longevity. We take the latest research in longevity and we present it in an easy to comprehend way on our blog. Uh, we have formulations that are patent pending and are scientifically studied to slow down the aging process. Uh, many studies are, are have either been done or are being done right now on our formulations. Uh, and then we also offer biological age tests, which look at your wow. what's called epigenome, and they can tell you how fast or slow you are aging biologically hmm. based on your lifestyle and these factors we're talking about. And then Very personally, I have a blog, slowmyage.com where I give my results and my lifestyle and uh, my thoughts about the space and about longevity and health. So you can find that at slowmyage.com and I'm on Twitter and Instagram as slowmyage. Sounds incredible. I got to try that test and see what age I really am because I beat myself up over how healthy I am and strict and routine and all that stuff. So let's see if I'm less than I am in terms of age. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. This was a, uh, eye-opening i'm sure everybody watching or listening learned something and hopefully you guys start to be healthier check out novoslaps.com or slowmyage.com thanks again chris i appreciate it and we'll see you guys in the next episode hope you enjoyed the episode if you learned something today please support this podcast by subscribing to it sharing it with your friends and leaving a five-star review you can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org where you'll find information about my book also called strap on your boots available on amazon as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you in next week's episode.